Oh, five, four. Right? It's pretty nice. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Young Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Codis. This is Jared. We're going to talk about something. Let's. <laughs> Codis so, is like, what is happening? <laughs> Jared told me to start it off like that. Yeah. Just kind of make it not as nervous to start crazy. Yeah. Um, so, everybody listening, I'm sorry that just happened. That was something. You know, that, we're going to implement that every episode. We're going to yeah. just start yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Go crazy. We're gonna go We've crazy. got Steve Harvey on the Yolk Christian podcast here. No. Yeah, um, hello, Steve. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is uh so everybody, we are here with a special guest today. This is Cody. What's going on, Cody? Hey, how's it going, you guys? Cody has a TikTok channel. Uh I can't remember the TikTok channel off the top of your head of my head. What is your TikTok? So it's Cody A. Campbell 91. Yes, go give him a follow, go give him some love. Great dude. I'm super excited to talk to you, dude. Like I remember first watch your videos like ah he's a cool guy he has he's a story and so like i've heard a little bit of your testimony like over tiktok and everything so i was like oh that's cool and so i kind of wanted to bring on the podcast and let a bunch of people hear about the awesome thing that god has done through your life because like i know you kind of gave like a brief one on your tiktok so yeah i, I kind of i want jared to hear it. i want all the people to hear it because i think it's pretty cool so yeah, that's, that's all yep. I have to say. The, the floor is yours, Cody. No, yeah, yeah take just, it away, uh, bud. So just, I guess, what started the faith? Like, what brought you to the faith originally? Ooh, um, so I was raised in relatively a Christian household. Um, I went to church up until I was about 12, and then we all of a sudden stopped going. Um, mm. But ultimately, I walked away from any semblance of the faith. And the Lord, at the time, I would have described myself as a very angry atheist. Mm. And so the Lord ended up through, like, using coincidences and the love of people. And then finally, his presence, he ultimately called me back to him. So. Mm. That's, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, around here, we don't call things coincidences. We call them a God. Yeah, that's, we call them a- <laughs> so that's good. I'm good company. Um, um, so no. what? Uh, I, go ahead. No, uh, I guess okay. you go. I, See, we interrupt each other. Jared, right. This is your fault. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right, bunkmate. Calm down. Um, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, that's. I guess that's an inside joke for the podcast listeners. Um, but ne- next question is, so you said you were raised in church. Um, what uh, Was there something that was like on your mind constantly that just kind of like got you to become that atheist like you talked about? Or was it just like you just got out of church? You just didn't really care about it? What was it? Yeah, no, no, totally. So... When I was 13 years old, I came out as gay. Um, I'm now, I no longer identify as a homosexual, mm-hmm. but, but that was really the driving factor that began to build a wedge between me and God. Um, mm-hmm. I remember one of the first prayers I ever prayed, the Lord to take it away. And mm-hmm. like many other people, um, he didn't. And so I remember just living my life and thinking that, because at the time I was really struggling with my family, they didn't take it very well. I was actually mm. outed to my family. That was hard. Mm. And, but then I remember struggling with just faith and if God even loved me. And so over the course of, from 13 into college, I began to slowly but surely step away from any semblance of it. And then finally in college, I thought I was too smart to believe in God. I had mm. professors and mentors and advisors, and they basically what they were instilling in me is that um, 
you would have to be an idiot to believe in, in the existence of a God. Right. And I was like, you know what, why, why even bother? And so ultimately left the faith altogether in college. So when did you come back to the faith? Was it like a couple years after that? Or was it like, how long? It was, mm, I guess, uh, five and a half years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little over. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. That's it's a unique story that you have, and I feel like it's something that would be very beneficial to a lot of today's youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was a youth pastor for I guess a year and a half, and I serve in the youth ministry at my church now. And <clears throat> I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but it's fine. It's it's our podcast. So um, when I'm not gonna list the the church, whether it's my current one or the last one or anywhere other ones, but uh, anyways, there are some middle schoolers, middle school girls that were caught in the bathroom, you know doing some stuff and uh and so that's a return i was not expecting that oh yeah yeah no and middle school middle school yeah like church and so middle yeah at church middle school is beyond what it was when i was in middle school Um, i was learning about those and legos that was my right (laughs) but you know and and it's just something i feel like and Cody, let me know your take on that. But like, I just feel like the the message of what your testimony is is something that would be so beneficial to the people well, of all ages, really, but specifically to people that are susceptible to all kinds of different ideologies because of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, do you what do you want to share like a long form testimony, or do you want to keep answering questions, or I, I don't know. I'm just talking at this point. So, Cody, yeah. you take over too. I guess I can springboard off that, and I can begin to talk about how. The Lord, um, because clearly, like, how do you go from atheist? I was also, I talk a little bit on TikTok about this, but I was also very much an Christian, and and then I identified as homosexual. And so, how do you go from that yeah. to now yeah. to now who I am? And the answer is Jesus Christ. And so, uh, yeah, Amen. And so, um, my testimony, as long or brief as I can make it, basically. Um, as I said, I, I left the faith altogether in college and ended up graduated from Arkansas State University, got my degree in theater design technology, and then moved out to California to do um, the Disney internship program. Oh, yeah, I told um, you about this. You worked for Disney. I did. I did. It was for a very brief period because life quickly took a different turn. Um, and so um, I ended up getting into the internship, worked my butt off for it, but all throughout college, even though I didn't want to believe in God, though I hated the church, though I hated God and I hated Christians, I couldn't shake the fact that when I looked at the world, when I looked at even events in my life, I could not shake the fact that sometimes things just felt too designed. I mm. I would read a lot of scripts, and so I would I would joke with friends. It's like there's someone up there writing my story. I just didn't want to believe it was the Christian God. And and so the first thing that the Lord began to really show me is that there's no such thing as a and and it started one night when I was in California. Um, I ended up fighting with not necessarily fighting with my mom, but got some really despairing news about the family and got really upset and angry about it. Unfortunately, took out my anger on these four homeless people that I just so happened to be next to as I'm on the phone with my mom and then felt awful about it. Go and grab them some water bring it back, and just begin to carry on a conversation with them. In the middle of the conversation, I introduce myself, and I say, hi, I'm Cody. I'm from Arkansas. Well, there was this lady there, and she kept her head down, 
and she didn't really talk to me all that much. Well, the second I said I was from Arkansas, she jerked her head up and she goes, Jonesboro? I was in Anaheim, California. My first thought is, why? What? How does this lady know where Jonesboro, Arkansas is? Yeah, and yeah. Why is that the first town out of her mouth? Um, I, at the time, I thought the universe, right? Because I didn't want to believe in God. So I said, the universe is trying to tell me something. Stuck around there for a little bit and ended up getting robbed like a short while after that, right? How much did they rob from you? Um, they stole my phone, they stole my wallet, they stole my laptop. Oh, so you had nothing. Ended up getting it back and then had it stolen again. Wait, what? Yeah, it was a crazy mess. Um, and, uh, and then there was like a con artist involved at one point. It was, it was a crazy, crazy time in California. But, jeez. But what, what really cemented it though, and that what kickstarted was, it was just too perfect. What are the odds of that timing? And there were some other moments, too, that I talk about on my TikTok channel, like the time I um, I missed the bus. And I, as I'm going to, like, sleep on a, a bench till the next day until the bus got there, this guy randomly pulls up. And he's like, hey, did you call an Uber? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, do you need a ride? And I was like, yes. And he was like, all right, I'll go give you a ride. And so this random guy, I referred to him as the one-handed guitar player because he was missing a hand um, and he somehow played guitar. And he he ends up just giving me a ride and taking me back to Disney, which was pretty awesome. Hmm. Um, yeah. So there were all these coincidences that the Lord began to use to chip away. Um, and then ultimately, though, um, my life fell apart. So... After the robbery, I ended up homeless because I didn't really have a permanent place to stay just yet. And I was depending on, I, I ended up getting locked out of my bank account, got my credit card was frozen. And so I was I was nothing, like think prodigal son. And I was actually lying to Disney about where I was living. And it was, it was just all a big thing. Mm. And finally, um, in California, my car ends up getting stolen. And at that point, I was like, I got to get back home. So I call my mom. I end up telling her everything because I was lying to my mom, too, about what I'd been going through. And mom gets me a Greyhound bus to come back to Jonesboro. And I, I tell people that truly all I came back with was a toothbrush and a stick of deodorant. Um, and so you That's can only imagine. Sometimes. What'd you say? That's all you need sometimes, you know, toothpaste you and deodorant. And, and so you can imagine just how broken I was, but also super angry. Right. This was this was an intern. This was my dream. And I literally within a matter of months, I achieved my dream and didn't watch it crash before me. And so I was furious. I blamed my family. I blamed the con artists I lived with. I blamed the people who robbed me. But I never blamed myself with the con artist that robbed you. It's a story, Codis. It's it's all a giant story. We'll get we'll get to that at some point. Oh, okay, Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, and so, <laughs> that's, a, that's such a big plot twist right there. Like you got robbed by the person you lived with. I know it's it's crazy. And so uh, I end up coming home, and at this point, my addiction is also back in full swing. Um, I tell people that I was I was addicted to my ADHD medication, and so unfortunately, learned how to abuse it, and would pop them like Skittles. And so I would go into these these drug induced rages and just get like yell and scream and take out all of my aggression on others. Well, during this time, 
I ended up meeting this guy and it was probably about two weeks after I came home, but after meeting him and him hearing my whole story, he surprised me and he ends up giving me a huge hug and he says, you know what you need? You need clothes. And I'm like, yeah, dude, thanks. I know I need clothes. He's like, no, 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 no. You clothes. And so a few weeks later, he took me and he buys me a whole new wardrobe. When I would try to thank him, he'd say, don't thank me. Thank God. Thank God I was Ooh, here. There's wow. the seed being planted right there. Yeah, exactly. And so wow. thank God I was here. Thank God I had the money. Thank God I was willing to help. Um, he continued to help me out over that summer. Um, a few months later, they end up finding my stolen car. That was a coincidence all in of itself. I'm sending an apology to my brother for how I treated everybody. And the second I hit send, mama in the living room. And she's like, there's someone on the phone for you. It's the California Police Department. They had found my car. That moment, right. That Exactly. Wow. wow. Like, I can't <laughs> crazy. cue my mom to enter, right? It just, it felt so scripted. I remember looking up at the ceiling and thinking, God, because what are the odds? And so, um, no one in my family wanted to help me because, again, I'm very much in addiction and they, they recognize it. And so um, back to that same guy, he ends up giving me tons of money to fly out to California, pick up my car and bring it back. When I tried to thank him again, it was don't thank me. Thank God, um, because this complete stranger was showing me love that. Honestly, for a long time, I had not experienced. I began to believe that there could be a God again. And so over the next few months, I began to pay attention to these weird coincidences. I began to really, really think about them. And finally, fast forward um, a few more months. I'm on my aunt's couch and I'm telling her to me in California, right? Though I, I'm glossing over some of the details with you, CODIS. Um, I, I went to every single detail with her. And there was a moment, though, that I'd forgotten. And a few nights after I got robbed, I ended up getting on the wrong bus. And naturally, I was freaked out. I had just been robbed. I just lost everything. And as I'm on this bus, this feeling overwhelmed me. Um, it, it was warm. It felt like I was being hugged. It felt like someone was trying to talk to me. I just couldn't hear what they were saying. I knew somehow that everything was going to be okay. Um, mm. I thought I'd gone crazy. And so I tried to tell my mama about it a few mm. days. She assured me I went crazy. And so I didn't think anything of it. And as I'm telling my aunt that story, that same feeling overwhelms me. And I realized it was God. And oh, I felt God and yeah. recognized for the first time and it was also the first time i heard the lord's voice in my heart and he was telling me to not turn further away from him in that moment wow. my entire world was shattered right because in that yeah. moment suddenly i went from because i would have said i was agnostic or i was an atheist mm -hmm. and then i was more agnostic that summer because i was like maybe there's a god right right but oh, oh my gosh there is a god this is the biggest summer world. ever for you. What? What did you say? This was like the biggest summer ever for you. Like so many oh, things yeah, happened. Absolutely. And so, but I also knew that in that moment, my life was changed. 
Because if there is a God, then that means I have a creator. And if I have a creator, then he is the author of my life. And I no longer get to dictate what my life is. And, and so I just remember all of that happening just sort of at once that night. And so, yeah, that's how, that's how I began to believe in God again. And just not necessarily even believing it, but just realizing that God is real. Um, I then began to read the Bible. I then began to go to church. The Lord would call me out of addiction and he'd eventually call me out of homosexuality and continue down this path that I'm on right now. Wow. So I love yeah, that. That's, that's my testimony. In a, in a, that's awesome. I love so, that. Now I understand more so why you agreed with the God sentence thing rather than the coincidence. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. There, was, absolutely. So there were so many things that just lined up. Like, it was perfect. Yeah. 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 And, and that's how, that's how God works. And yeah. um, not, you know, shameless plug, Codus knows, but I'm writing a book and in one of the chapters that I titled it God students and it's about coincidences in our life. And, um, and so like you, I've, I've seen, God, I think we see God through the, the everyday evidence of, or sorry, I see, or we see God or the evidence of God through everyday circumstance, I think. And so um, I don't think it's coincidence. I, I should have died like five times by now. Um, like I was born with a skin disease, wasn't supposed to live past four. Uh, I had a bullet go next to my head when I was a couple months old. Um, I was in two house fires. Anyways, a whole nine. And um, so like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be alive. Right. But yet it just, it's evidence that there is more to be done. And um, statistically speaking, I should be dead. And if that's the case, then to the world, I'm dead. But I think that there's more to that. I think there's a God sentence behind it. I think that there's a creator behind everything that ordains everything. Um, and so obviously we, we can use your testimony to attest to that, you know, if it wasn't for all these, these, like, even like, it's so crazy. Like that, that, that the crook, the person that stole from me, it's a part of your testimony at this point. You know what I mean? So God can even use the bad to bring us yeah. to his good. There's you know, a, there's a verse about that, isn't there? Where God will use like good, bad evil for good or something like that. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight it says that, uh, all things will be used or something along the lines for the, the glory the of God. All things will you be used right. good for the glory of God. I think. I, I haven't memorized why why I can't spew it out right now. I don't know, but um, I I got to think of it. Y'all give me a second. But um, that's really neat. So, I Codus, do you have any questions about about his testimony after that? If not, I, I guess I've got a couple. But shoot him away if you got some questions. Shoot him away. Okay, so I, I'm just really intrigued. Um, and forgive me if I come across as rude. I definitely don't want to do that. Um, but I've never had any sort of homosexual attraction or anything like that. So can you describe to me what that was like in your mind, um, having to, to feel that way and then going off on your own path? And how, how did God uh, change that in you? Is it a constant process? Is it something you have to choose every day? Or like, what's it look like? Yeah, so um, the first question, I mean, I guess the best way to describe it is growing up, um, I'd had crushes on girls as a kid, but then hitting puberty, suddenly things changed, right? And so the desires that we begin to get during puberty, whereas other guys, right, they would feel them towards girls, I began to feel them towards other guys my age. And so I began to recognize something's different. Um, I have an older gay brother, and and at the time, um, he had had a boyfriend and he had sat me down one night and we began to talk about just sort of just what I was experiencing. He just flat out asked me, 
I was like 13. It was Christmas uh, when I was 13. And, and he was like, are you gay? And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe. I mean, everyone says I am. And I, I kind of feel that way, but I don't know, right? And so so that's the desire thing. And that's that's really, at that point, I, I stepped into that identity. And I made, I made those desires my identity. And we, we can touch more on that later. Um, but as far as... And that's, that's how I lived my life. I mean, I came out to my, my best friend at 13. She was a Christian. She was concerned. Um, and so she told her mom. And then her mom took it upon herself to tell my mom, which, mm. was, a, which was a whole thing, right? And, and so ended up, like, having to leave schools and then, and then and move to a new school. But that's how I lived. That's how I lived from the time I was 13 up until let's see, up until about 25 years old. Wow. Um, that was my identity. I was the president of my gay straight alliance at my college. Mm -hmm. I once protested Chick-fil-A, which was crazy. I mean, so it was, it was. Yeah, that's that right there is switching teams right there. Exactly. exactly right. Switch teams <laughs> on that one. And so <laughs> it was very much my identity. And, and it also, it was, it was the wall between me and Christianity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, the, the one thing I couldn't get past because it was so entrenched in who I was when, when people would talk about homosexuality being a sin, I didn't see that as a part of myself that I could control. I saw it as me. And so when, when people right. would say God hates homosexuality, I've been saying God hates me. Mm -hmm. um, and and so that that was entrenched in my mind for a long, long time. And that honestly, one of the things that was so beautiful about the Lord working in my life is what he showed me is that he loved me. I mean, in that moment mm. on, on my aunt's couch, part of what was so just life changing, yes, was was God. But two, what I felt in his presence was that just how much he truly loved and cared about me. And, wow. and that's been feeling since since that moment uh, and as far as showing me and changing and beginning to to open my eyes to see see the truth of his scripture and what he actually says about about sexual identity that was a process um i remember going around saying that that i'm living proof that god is okay with homosexuality right i may not have mm. worded it exactly that way but that right. was my intention God, God moved in such a mighty way. I'm, I'm an out gay man. And so here it's clearly, clearly God, it's not a sin is basically what I was getting to. But over the course of reading the Bible, in the same way the Lord slowly but surely revealed himself, he began to slowly but surely reveal truth to me. And it was little by little. Um, in college, I'd watched several documentaries, even back when I was struggling in the faith. Mm -hmm. and with faith. I'd watch several documentaries like For the Bible Tells Me So or Fish Out of Water, where they sort of wrestle with homosexuality and Christianity. And one of their arguments was that Paul just didn't understand. He just he just doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. Well, I began to read the Bible, even as a baby, baby Christian, I realized Paul speaks for God. Yeah. Like Paul is Paul God. Is genius. I love and, Paul. And he um and so if you're saying Paul didn't get it, then you're saying that God didn't get it. 
And I have a problem with that. And so, Preach. and so that, that was the first little, the pebble in my shoe. Well, then slowly but surely as I began to read, I also learned about the nature of sin, how we, how we are born into sin. I remember going to my mom's room because after my life fell apart, I went back and lived with my mom. And I was like, mom, did you know we were born into sin? And she was like, yeah. Well, as someone who's professed that I was born a homosexual my whole life, that was pretty a radical view considering that it automatically doesn't throw out that whole, like, if I'm born a sinner, then I could, like, so do you see where I'm, I'm going with that? And so, and so slowly but surely, well, then finally, I'm, I'm reading in scripture and I'm reading in Matthew. And I just had a discussion with my pastor's wife about how we are Jesus followers. And we, um, and so she really just cemented that in my mind. Well, I'm reading in Matthew 19 because a large argument was, what right. did you say about it? Right. Cause we see what Paul says. We see what Moses says, right. Absolutely. That's God thing through them. But, but what did Jesus say? And so in Matthew 19, I'm reading and something catches my eye. Here we have Jesus discussing, I believe it's with the Sadducees. It might be with the Pharisees, but I think mm -hmm. it's the Sadducees. And he's discussing the nature of marriage and divorce. And here we see him like in agreement with um, the binary system of God making them male and female, yep. right? So right off the bat, we see you're either made male or you're made female. Well, then a little bit down the line, he, we also see that he is in agreement with the biblical definition of marriage between one man and one woman. Um, at first, it didn't quite click with me. I was, I was really more concerned with like transgenderism because I was like, well, there goes mm. transgender. Because here we see that it truly is a binary system. Well, as um, I began to read more and as I'm thinking about just like sexuality and and what is what is ordained by God in its sex within the confines of marriage. A few weeks later, I'm I'm getting ready for work. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit. And he connected the dots for me. Because I remember just thinking, if God made them male and female, and marriage is defined as between one man and one woman, and anything, any sexual activity outside of that is a sin, then dot dot dot. I was living in sin, right? Mm, My, yep, yep. I was, and so that's, that's how he began to show me. Um, it was still a struggle, like even recognizing that, even just recognizing that, that I, I was in sin. Um, and so even a month later, I, I think it was a month, it may have just been a couple of weeks, but I wrestled with it because what I tell people, getting away from drug addiction was easier than leaving my my homosexual identity. I, I feel like... Well, I'm sorry? No, you're good. No, I, sorry to interrupt. But I feel yeah. like there's a lot of sins and addictions that are easy to get away from. But when it comes to lust, I feel like that is the hardest addiction and sin to break. At least from personal experience and what I've heard from countless other people, like lust and like sexual like sins like those are like the hardest sins to get out of i feel like i feel like cause i don't know i don't know why but maybe that's just because you know well, for me nature. as i tell people i wasn't in love with my pill bottle but i was still very much at the time i was in love with my ex and so i remember thinking that for me to leave homosexuality would ultimately be to leave 
to leave him behind or any any aspect of of romance really with anyone um at the time because i i didn't hadn't really fully fleshed out what it meant to to leave that identity but finally i'm in the middle of a church service and the lord just convicts me and i just remember recognizing that if i'm going to follow jesus i've got to lead we're talking about paul and how paul put his past behind him i've got Mm -hmm. to like paul put my past behind me and step forward and terrifying terrifying um i was I was at the service and a different service now, but I felt the Lord just lay on my heart. Are you ready to die to this? And I remember thinking, yes, but you're going to have to carry me to that altar. Um, because, and I remember like, do you realize what you're asking me? Yes. He's God. He, he was fully aware of what he was asking me to do. And, and so that day I made the decision with, obviously with the help of God and the strength of God to, to say no to that identity. And so mm-hmm. I was April, I guess, of 2017. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Curtis, you, you have any questions following that up? Uh, there was a point he made. Um, it was just like a few seconds ago. Uh, I completely forgot. But there was like a really good point. And I was like, oh, I lo- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you were in love with the sin. I love that. So I, I heard a TikTok or something a while ago. Mm-hmm. But like the reason we – keep falling into the sin is because we love our sin more than we love God. And that was just kind of like a little quote I heard that was like, Ooh, that's something cool that people could listen, like hear. So like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to point that was just, I don't know. makes worse my thoughts. Well, I think for me and what makes, so I, I wouldn't even say that I was in love with the sin itself. Like it wasn't the, the, the act of homosexuality or the identity of homosexuality. I was in love, I was mm-hmm. in love with a person, right? I was in love with people. Right. Homosexuality, one thing that um, people who who haven't struggled with, with homosexual temptation or desires um, or attraction, one thing you may not recognize is you form a community and you form a very, very, very tight community. The LGBT community is very tight because it's, it's, it's all of us, all of them, um, standing in solidarity, right together. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was just a lot more nuanced than simply laying it down because there was so much attachment to other people, and that that's what made it difficult. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question is, I've seen a lot of people uh, on TikTok that have similar testimonies, and they say something along the lines of. Um, they still struggle with attraction, but then they just, you know, uh, obviously they don't, uh, do anything, I guess. And so would you say, I've, I've, it's more the Southern Baptist fundamentals that will say, oh, you can't even have attraction. Um, but what, uh, what say you on, on that topic? I haven't, I haven't yeah. heard your thoughts. So, um, I'm actually Southern Baptist. So that is my, so funny that you, you, you bring us up. I was raised I, Southern Baptist. I get that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, but Hundred percent. I just made a video about this a couple of days ago, but one hundred percent, yeah, continue to to struggle. There are some people who might refer to it as same sex attraction. I don't like that terminology simply mm-hmm. because um, I feel like that's just one more identity or label to step into. Right. I are same sex temptation, and so um, I still do struggle with temptation. And sometimes it's every day. Sometimes it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. But. But in that moment of me going to the altar and the Lord just working in my life, 
what I realized, and I, I thought that it was, oh, I'm never going to struggle again. Well, I was quickly proven wrong. Um, but what I now realize is I have the power to say no. I don't, mm. Like, mm. No, one's, no one is making me act on those temptations. No one is making me identify based upon those desires. And so I can say no to that and Love go that. live however, like I please in accordance with God. Right. Mm. And, and so, and so that's how I'm choosing to live. I mean, I, it's no longer my identity. I would not refer to myself as a homosexual and I also do not act upon it. Right. That's, I'm saying no to, to that part of me. And there are people who have a problem with that. They're like, well, isn't that deny? Like, isn't that self-denial? I'm like, yes. It yeah, very much is. the flesh. Is to deny yourselves and take up your cross and follow Jesus. And and so I'm I'm firmly planted. That's awesome. So I guess my next question is, um, so you, you said that you recognize the similar to how uh, um, an author writes a script and like you were acting out the script that you recognize that maybe God had written a script for your life sort of thing. So at what point did you say, okay, maybe, you know, God is real and how long did it take you to get from that point or rather than no, I'm ch changing the question. <laughs> um, what was the progression of thoughts or of ideology um, from God is real to I need to stop uh, living or having the identity of a homosexual? Ooh, okay. Um, so can you, can you, rephrase that question again can you repeat yeah sorry yeah um so what was the the thought progression from god is real to i need to obey his word and uh stop living in sin amen so okay that that's where i was going so that night on my aunt's couch knew god was real without a shadow of a doubt and then there was this exploration well who is god right what is like He's clearly working, but who is he? And, and and even in that moment, I would have recognized I need to obey him, right? Because ultimately, if he is my creator, if he is if he is the the Lord of all creation, mm -hmm. and he's I think I may have to my wording it in my mind, like if he's my author, right, then then I'm now um I'm now under him. And so what does that look like? And so mm -hmm. I began to read the Bible, one, to discover who he was, but then two, figure out how I'm supposed to live. And, and so as I began to read, I, I learned about sin. I learned about what is sin, what isn't sin, how we should, we should strive not to sin. But I never would have said homosexuality was a sin until he began to put those pebbles in my shoe that I talked about uh, earlier, right? So this right, idea right. that all speaks for God. This idea that we we are born sinners. This idea that here we have Jesus, who is God, um, defining um, the binary system of of sexual of, of sex, and then and then also uh, in being in agreement with um, the biblical definition of marriage, right? And then also speaking out against. Any, any form of sexual activity that is not within those confines of marriage. And so that was that progression. It was, I, I understood that God was real. Um, I understood that I needed to come underneath him. And then I under, he began to show me what is sin. And mm. so because I'd spent so much of my life thinking that God hated me, 
finding out that the creator of the universe loved me, I immediately fell in love with him, right? Wow. I was like, oh, wow. whatever I have to do, right, to keep you in my life, right, I, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to live for you and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to honor you because you're God and you're that that's all that like literally I, I, I basically had God tunnel vision because all that mattered, especially like yeah. from that point forward, was I've got to live my life for you because you are my creator. So yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. Um so follow up question is because there's a period of time then where you were a Christian, but you also had the identity of a homosexual, right? And so kind of, uh, for a brief period of time. So what was the, the period of time of that progression that you just listed? Like, how long did it take from beginning to end there? So I would not consider myself a Christian on my aunt's couch, simply because okay. at that moment, I, I did not yet know Jesus. And I did not mm. yet know um, who he was and what he did for me. Part of me reading right. the Bible was that I realized that Jesus was not just a man who died on a cross in political protest, right? Jesus is our God, and he he died for the forgiveness of our sins. And that would take several months. That would take months bouncing around churches. That would take months right. um, reading the Bible and, and slowly but surely having these conversations with Christians. Um, I can't tell you the exact date or the hour that I, I completely surrendered my life to Jesus but I do remember a moment when I just recognized at, at my house, it was probably w- end of winter, early spring of 2017, where I, I just realized, like, I need Jesus. And I, I need him. I, I was actually listening to Lord, the song, Lord, I Need You. And that, that's sort of what just, like, overwhelmed that's me. That's a just, banger song. That and, tears all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just hit my knees and I'm sobbing. And, and so that from that moment through, so that was probably four months after my experience on my aunt's couch. And then it was probably another three months when I finally left homosexuality. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So the, the reason I asked is because um, at least on my TikTok, um, I've seen a lot of people, I, I guess in different stages, I guess I could say, um, and so I was wondering what progression or, or what the different stages of that, of that uh, repentance was. Um, and so uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, is there, unless, Kodis, unless you have any other questions, um, as I've just been asking a ton of questions. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I guess one question I have, and I don't know how to word this without, you know, but like, do you think you'll be married someday to like a female or like, is there no attraction? I I don't know how to say that without like being like, you know. So yeah, that's so funny. That is like one of the number one questions I get on my TikTok. Is it's it's first it's um do you do you still struggle right? That's why I finally addressed if if how how I do still struggle. But then two, it's always um are you now heterosexual? Do you, do you like women? Do you, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? And then some are like, please don't get married. Right. And, and so, um, yes, I, I do want to get married one day. And that was probably what was most jarring for me Hmm. that night. Like the one, um, there were several big things that happened that night that I, I stepped away from, from my homosexual identity. 
But I remember sitting down with my pastor's wife and, and telling her, I'm like, I feel different, but I don't, but I feel different. But I, like, I, I, something was going on. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Cause I was like, I think I want to get married. Like, I think I want to have kids. Like it's, it was the weirdest sensation. That's awesome. In my life. And, and it's still like, it's very strange because again, like I've never had these desires before. And then all of a sudden on a random Tuesday night at 25, these desires begin to take root in my life. And I'm like, what do I do with these? And so, yes, those desires are there. Um, but I'm also, if the Lord does not bring a woman in my life to marry, if I'm, if I'm not able to have children one day, I'm okay. And that was something I had to really come to terms with. I'm okay living celibate for the rest of my life. Mm. But I would like to get married and have a family one day. Wow. I love that. I, I didn't know how to like ask that without it being like awkward. So like, I'm really glad that you answered that. Cause yeah. I'm going to address it. We'll see. We'll see. I got to oh. sometimes get a little heated in the comment section. It makes me like nervous. I'm like, y'all need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get that. Uh, it, it's always the comment section. You put it a lot, Jared. You're controversial. Not the, not the art. That's not the right word. Is it? Controversial. Yeah, I get yeah. banned a good bit. Uh, it's it's always the homosexual. You like theology, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're wrong," you know, and their righteous pride comes and. Yeah, you have to be. I'm learning. You have to be really, really careful um, right. with how you uh, do it. I'm I'm hoping that none of my videos get me a ban because I I'm really careful to try to only talk about it from my experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, but. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, from, from those, the guidelines, videos, those guidelines will get you every time. Every time. And it, it's always like harassing or bullying, I feel like, for me at least. Yeah, um, it definitely is. But uh, I will say, though, from the videos that I have seen of yours, I don't see any uh, potential for getting banned there. It's always like super like kind. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm rude sometimes, sadly. Uh, that's something I need to work on. Sometimes. But, um, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. All the time. No. Um, that would not be very loving of me. No, lack of fruit. But so a question then, because um, you, you said that you were, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what, the way I took it was you, you have the option to say no, right? So would you agree that it's a choice um, to be in that identity or what's your, what's your thoughts? Ooh, you are, you are just hitting home all these, all these hard questions. So give me a moment to collect my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, if you want, I can distract yeah. what you think. While you collect these thoughts, everybody, Jared has a pretty cool shirt on. We sell Dude. really cool t-shirts here at the Yolt Christian Podcast. So if you're in the market for really cool t-shirts, wait, 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 pause, pause, pause. Hey, everybody, are you looking for some cool t-shirts? Well, I'm a guy with some cool t-shirts. For $15, you can get a really cool Christian t-shirt. I had to. It was right there. Nice. I had Very to nice. do it. But no, for real, if you guys want some cool, if you guys want some really cool t-shirts, uh, if you go to our bio and like any of our social medias, we have like some pretty cool t-shirts I think you guys would love. So yeah. And if you, if you can buy some, take some pictures and send it to us. We'll be like, yeah, look at this person. Yeah. 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 And we'll put it on our Instagram if, uh, if you're okay with yeah. that. So only send us pictures if, if you yeah. want. Well, actually I don't want unsolicited pictures. So, um, <laughs> Uh, what? I don't, <laughs> dude, it's happened already, bro. I'm not kidding. No way. So, I'm yeah, 100%. Uh, it was either Yolt or my Jerry Montana page. That's, I think it was oh, Yolt. They're, they're bots. Yeah, I, no, it was Yolt. It was Yolt. Scary. Yeah, scary. so. That's one thing. Um, so the world, like, 
I'm telling you, like yeah. you can you can escape sin a lot, but when it comes to technology, it's so hard to escape it. Like that is Satan's yeah. playground right there. Like I'm on Christian TikTok, like Christian and football TikTok. You'll be scrolling and then oh, you know, like something like bad will pop up. Like it's hard to escape on like social media because like it's everywhere. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So don't send us any pictures unless you message us first on Instagram and then ask us for permission. Yeah. Um, Cody, any thoughts or you want us to keep going? Yeah. So um, that was, that was funny. Uh, So I would say that. So an analogy I love, and it's an analogy I've used in a very recent video is how we do not choose what temptation, what tempt us, what, what tempts right, us. Right, right, right. So a house analogy that I use where it's, I can't, I can't choose who comes in and knocks on my door, but I can choose how I'm going to respond to them, right? Am I going to entertain mm. them, invite them in? In the same mm. way, I don't have control over, over what temptations come across um, my life, but I can choose how how I interact with it. Do I entertain it or do I act upon it? And I think it's in the same way, right? It's in the same thing for homosexuality. I do not believe that the temptation itself is a choice. So this, this, this feeling. Mm, good distinction. Of the fall of man. Yeah, right? I like that analogy. Some people have a propensity to, to turn to alcoholism. Other people, other males, when they see another male, they they have an attraction. Or other females, when they see another female, they have an attraction, right? Um, but I think what you do, I know what you do have a choice over is what you do with that temptation. I love Christopher Yuan is is someone who also comes from a past where he he was a former homosexual and then now has stepped out of that identity. And and one of the things he talks about is that our emotions do not have to define us. And so just because I have these temptations, just because I have these desires, that doesn't mean that has to be who I am. And that doesn't. And so I would say you do have a choice, yes, to live in that identity and to take upon those actions. No one is forcing you um, to do either of those things. That is a fantastic distinction. That I you love made. that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's like a really good analogy, too. Like that was that was perfect, I think. Unfortunately, yeah. I doubt I can make a TikTok video, but <laughs> happy to do <laughs> Um, and then Codus, unless you have any other questions, I've got this, this last one. I don't have any more questions. I don't think. Okay. Um, and it's not really a question, uh, I guess it technically is the way to be phrased, but do you have any advice that you want to give for people that might be listening? Um, yeah, I, I was going to say that out? at the end there. <laughs> so I guess I did have a question, but. So advice for whom? Uh, just people that st- might be struggling with this or people that are listening to the podcast, um, just that have your similar uh, story, but maybe they haven't gotten to where you're currently at. Uh, something along those lines, just any advice for people that might be struggling. Yeah. So I would say first and foremost, you are loved by God that no matter your sin, no matter what you're going through, you are loved and adored by God and you are his creation. And Lots of people make it sound like you have to clean yourself up before you come to the Lord, but we've got it reversed. You come to the Lord and he cleans you mm. up. Mm. And so don't let that keep you from pursuing God. Um, my other advice is find you a loving 
Christian community who is going to love you and and walk with you, right? Um, but is also going to speak truth in your life. And we we tend to, unfortunately, those who struggle with um, with some of these same struggles that I I have we tend to flock to, to more progressive forms of Christianity. And my, I would say flock to those loving Christians because they're out there. I'm, I'm part of them, right? I, that's, that's the church I ended up mm-hmm. at. Five years ago. Flock to those communities that still have an orthodox view of scripture and that still hold scripture to, to a high esteem and are still believing in mm-hmm. what is the traditional view of sexuality and marriage and, and God's design. Um, but then too, also know that um, you're, you probably will still struggle. I've yet to meet someone who has been from these temptations. And the fact is, homosexual struggle is no different than any other struggle. And so don't let the enemy tell you that it is, because we all struggle with sin, every single one of us. Absolutely. Um, does Romans 5.8. Work of Jesus on the cross, and and His blood covers even those struggles. And so the question is: when you when you fall short, are you continuing to pursue Jesus? And so yeah, that's that's what I would tell them. That love that. You're loved. By- love yeah, that. I uh, you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. Uh, oh yeah, I, good. <laughs> uh, I guess my final point, and now Codus, I'll let you take it away, is. Something about your testimony stood out to me, and it was very beginning, and you said it was the love of, of somebody, the individual that gave you, like, the clothes and plane tickets and stuff like that. The, his love is what ultimately reminded you that there's a God, right? Um, and so if you aren't somebody, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're not, if you're not somebody that struggles with uh, same-sex attraction or if you're not somebody that struggles with anything that we're talking about, then you can be on the giving end of this, and you can be the individual that showed love. You know, Jesus says that they will know us by our love for one another. And so um, let's not forget that love is the most important thing, uh, an action that we can do uh, in our faith. And, of course, this is the commandment Jesus gave us in John 15, to love each other, um, love your neighbor. And so if we are not showing love, then how are people going to know that God is loving? Because we are Christ's ambassadors in this this life. And so um, God can do, he can work wonders, he's God. But uh, that's that's what we should do is show love and uh, I'm super grateful that that Cody jumped on and was able to oh, share yeah. his testimony. This is definitely a, a testimony of that I haven't had the the pleasure of being able to speak with somebody about. Mm-hmm. Um, so super grateful that Codis invited you on. And um, yeah, I'm happy uh, you're here. It's eye opening for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, and Codis said something as well. Uh, he said that he was watching a TikTok and somebody said that the reason we sin is because we we love our sin more than we love God. And I, I think I want to take it a step further um, because the Bible, it talks a lot about fear. I could, I could list 50 verses right now that use fear as, as a good thing for God. Um, and I think that we love our sin more than we fear our God. And so whether we acknowledge him as God or not, um, for example, if you don't believe in God, if he's real, then who cares if you believe in him or not? But if, if he is real, even though you don't believe in him, the reason you continue to sin is because you don't fear him enough. Um, and so if, if we increase our fear of God, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because perfect love casts out all fear, um, but there is a degree of fear with which it leads to love. Uh, you have to have fear in order to uh, for it to be transformed into love, right? If, if perfect love casts out all fear, there has to be fear there firstly. Um, and so 
I think that if this is just me speaking and y'all can chime in, um, but I think that if we struggle with sin and I would first recommend fasting, by the way, of all kinds, just like just fast, you know, learn self-control um, and, you know, of course, prayer and all the, the, the typical things. But beyond that, I would add increase your reverence for God, your fear of God, um, because in doing so, I think that that will aid you in um, conquering your, your sin. Isn't there like a thing in, I think, Psalms or Proverbs, I get both of them mixed up, but it says, isn't like the fear of the Lord is the first step of wisdom? I believe that's, that's Basically, first. Proverbs, it's something like that. Yeah. But like, that's true though. Like, fear the Lord, that's wisdom right there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go, um, did you ever hear how my testimony ends? Like that story with that woman in California? No. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Well, Cody, if you've watched some of my, you have, yeah. Okay, maybe I have. So, so this is this is like the coolest thing ever, and I, I can't I can't not say it. So a few years after the Lord began to work, right? I I'm preaching my first sermon, and the Lord's calling me to ministry, and I'm I'm getting ready to start seminary and all that stuff. Well, um, after preaching my sermon, I go to the gym, and I'm leaving the gym, going home. Well, I see this woman pushing a shopping cart. And at the time, I was really just bitter and frustrated with with people at the moment. But I felt the Lord nudge my heart to go to go and help her. And I'm back in Jonesboro, by the way. Yeah, I remember this. So, yeah. And so um, I'm like, no, I don't want to help her. But finally, I you don't fight with God. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. I get out of my car and I go talk to her. Well, I say, ma'am, um, can I help you? Can I get you some food? And she tells me, yeah, that'd be great. Well, then I just began to ask what her story is. She tells me she has family in California. She's got family in Nevada. And she's got a son in Paragould. I take a step back thinking I'm about to have a heart attack because the reason why that lady in California knew where Jonesboro was is because she had a son from Paragould. It was the same woman. That is just the craziest thing ever to me. I I know, I know. And so... Like, met her in Anaheim. We met again in Jonesboro, like, brought by God. It was the the coolest thing ever. <laughs> right? How nuts is that? So, yeah. All some, right. <laughs> some, people, some people would say it was a small world, but I think we believe in a big God. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Man, that's so cool. If that's not a God sense, yeah. I don't know what is. Right, right, right. That's right. right. That's right. Wait, yeah. so... That uh, you said something that sparks one quick question. So, are you in seminary, or did, have you graduated seminary? Or uh... I'm currently in seminary. Yeah. Okay, so awesome. I'm, I'm about two and a half years in. Probably got awesome. the way I'm headed about two and a half years more. So. Yeah. Where uh, Where are you in seminary at? So I'm a student online at Southern Baptist Theological up in Louisville, Kentucky. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do you, Do you want to be a pastor or uh... still called to be a teaching pastor of some sort? Awesome. So. Awesome. Man, look at that. Look at that. From yeah. from yeah, crazy dude, living in do. sin. Living in sin to becoming a pastor, a teaching that's pastor. Awesome. That's so cool. All right. <laughs> He's awesome. Absolutely. Well, uh I'm I'm perfectly happy with you jumping on podcast anytime. So oh, yeah. you just you just let us know. All right, man. Um so, Codis, what are your last thoughts? So how we end our podcast is we always say Godspeed. That's the last thing we say. We always say Godspeed. And so we always let our guests so you know what Godspeed means? You, no, hey, Jared, you want to explain? Maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Godspeed, it's it's not like a biblical term or anything like that. It's literally just a phrase that, you know, used back in the day. And it just means good luck on your journey. Yeah. Okay, we, yeah. Yeah, we, we use it around here as like a, you know, let God be with you on your journey kind of thing. Catchphrase. So, yeah, that's, that's, so, right. yeah, that's how so we end every podcast. We end the podcast. And so I'm going to say like, oh, you know, I'm going to say something. And once I stop, you say Godspeed, and we're going to end it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, give Cody a round of applause. You know, if you're watching, you know, if you're driving, don't clap. That'd be very bad. You're going to crash. Uh, but anyway, I love we you. God... What? I said we rebuke you crashing. Oh, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. don't crash. No. Anyway, I love you. Jared loves you. Cody loves you. God loves you. Godspeed.